Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking about my study case, in which I analyze water quality in the Domburgse Watergang. In this analysis, I look at the state of the water quality in my research area, the causes for that quality, and the effect of hydrological structures such as weirs and pumping stations on the quality of the water. To understand my case, it's important to have a clear picture of the study area. So I will start with talking about the study area itself, the Domburgse Watergang, as well as the area that surrounds it. Let's first take a look at the Domburgse Watergang itself. It is a channel that functions as a drainage channel, as well as water storage and starts in the village of Domburg, from which it gets its name. The channel is approximately 22 kilometers long. The Domburgse Watergang is the primary channel of a catchment called the Boreel. The whole catchment exists of ditches and channels much like the Domburgse Watergang, and they are all used for drainage and water storage. The Domburgse Watergang is located on the Walcheren Peninsula, which is part of the Dutch province of Zeeland. Most of Walcheren is situated under sea level. This is also true for the Domburgse Watergang. The entire channel is under sea level. The channel itself has a very horizontal course because there is barely any elevation on Walcheren. The flat course of the channel, combined with the fact that it is located below sea level, create problems with the water flow, resulting in flooding of the land. These problems occurred in Walcheren for a long time. The channel system that the Domburgse Watergang is part of was constructed in the early Middle Ages. It was built for the same purpose as it is used for today, being drainage and water storage. It did, however, also serve another purpose. Because floods were very common, Roads would often flood, resulting in villages in large parts of the peninsula becoming isolated from the mainland. Because of this, the channels were also commonly used for transportation of goods as well as people. The channels served this purpose up until the 19th century, when improvements to infrastructure such as bridges and roads, and the construction of dikes combined with the construction of hydrological structures to regulate the water flow, severely reduced the risk of flooding in the area. Today, there are three major structures in the course of the Domburgse Watergang. These structures consist of two weirs and one pumping station at the end of the channel. These hydrological structures are important for my research, which I will talk about later. While the channel is used for drainage and water storage, it also has significant ecological value. The channel is home to many species of birds, fish and water plants. In recent years, the ecological value of the area is being recognized by the provincial government and the water board. They have made several modifications to the channel to accommodate the species in the area. One of these measures is the construction of so-called natural banks. That means that the channel has been widened at some parts of its course, creating banks with shallow waters and a gradual decline, which creates good conditions for the wildlife. A walking trail follows the channel in its entire length. When walking the path, you will walk closely to the channel banks and often cross the channel with bridges or rafts. The largest part of the trail is private property of the several farmers in the area. The path is popular with nature enthusiasts and the many tourists that yearly visit Walcheren. The area is popular for its nature, but the bad state of the water quality in the channel is affecting the wildlife and endangering species. 
The area around the Dombrugse watergang is very rural and is used primarily for agriculture. There are some dairy farms in the area, but most of the land is used for the cultivation of arable crops. Farmers use fertilizer to increase their yields, but the nutrients of the fertilizer often end up in the ditches and drainage channels, affecting the water quality. Research conducted by the local water board has discovered that there are large problems regarding the water quality in the service waters of Walcheren. The water quality does not meet the requirements of the Kaderrichtlijn Water, an European Water Framework Directive that commits European member states to improve the water quality of their surface water bodies. In the study area, the run of water from the surrounding farmlands has caused high nutrient concentrations in the surface water. These high concentrations led to severe eutrophication, resulting in very turbid water. The research concluded that because of this, only 4% of light reaches the depth of 1 meter. This means that flora and fauna in the channel are endangered because of a lack of sunlight. The water board has taken several measures in an attempt to improve the water quality. One of these is the construction of natural banks that I mentioned earlier. In the shallow waters close to the riverbank, sunlight will be able to reach the channel bottom. Another measure taken by the water board is the dredging of a large part of the channel. By dredging the channel, the oxygen pore layer that has formed on the bottom of the channel has been removed. The measures that have been taken do however not solve the problem of turbidity in the water. After all these measures, the water quality problem in the Dombrugse watergang is still not solved. That is why I wanted to analyze the situation for myself. The research question of my case study is, what causes the bad water quality in the Dombrugse watergang and how can it be improved? I also want to look at different factors that could possibly influence the water quality. That is why I decided to also look at the effect of the weirs and pumping station in the channel as well as the effect the dredging has had on the quality of the water. To answer these questions, I plan to make use of several sources of data. A lot of information can be found in official research reports made by the Water Board. These reports do however not contain all the data I would need. By interviewing important stakeholders, I hope to answer some of my questions. I asked the Water Board about the current situation in the area, as well as their future plans. It turns out that the dredging of the channel has had a positive effect and nutrient levels are often under the limits of the water directive. However, the water quality is still being affected by eutrophication. They are planning to modify their measurement locations to further analyze the bad water quality before they take any other measures. One improvement that they are planning to make is the construction of fish passages to allow fish to navigate the channels easier. To collect more data, I made several measurements in the case study area. The first measurement was made in an undredged part of the channel and the second measurement close by in the dredged part of the channel. I will compare these two measurements to see if the dredging has had any effect. I took the third and the fourth measurement before and after a wear. I will use these measurements to look at the effects of wears on the water quality. A study from 2016 made in a catchment in England suggests that water quality could improve downstream from the weir, which is why I am interested in investigating the effects of the weirs in my case area. 
I made a fifth and sixth measurement before and after the pumping station at the end of the channel to look at the effects this pumping station has on the water quality. For my case study, I measured the pH because eutrophication leads to more acid water. I also measured electric conductivity because a higher conductivity indicates more nutrients. Finally, I also measured the total dissolved solids. This is an indication of the rate of turbidity in the water. For these measurements, I used indicator paper to measure the pH and a meter that can measure both total dissolved solids and the electric conductivity. From my measurements, I got the following results. When comparing the dredged and undredged measurement, it turns out that the unmeasured part of the channel has a better water quality. The water has less total dissolved solids and a lower electric conductivity. This does not mean that the dredging had no effect. It is likely that the waterboard only dredged the parts where the water quality was the worst. The channel also differs at the two measurement locations. The undredged part is upstream from the dredged part, has a smaller size and has less ditches feeding onto it. Between the measurements before and after the weir, there was a small difference. The water after the weir had a little bit lower total dissolved solids and electric conductivity. When I took the measurements at this location, I noticed that the water velocity increased substantially at the weir. This could be an explanation of why the water after the weir has a little bit better quality, because the turbulence caused by the increased velocity spreads nutrients and dissolved solids further downstream. The last two measurements, taken before and after the pumping station, gave exactly the same results. This means that the pumping station at the time did not influence water quality. However, after some research I discovered that the pumping station has three pumps, and only one pump was active with a low discharge. This was the case because there had not been any precipitation in the past weeks. If there is more drainage water flowing through the channels, the pumping station would have to operate on a higher capacity and could still have an effect on the water quality. When looking at the pH measurements, the water in the channel seems to become gradually more acid further downstream. It seems that, despite the measures taken by the water board, the water quality in the Dombergse watergang has not been improved enough. The main problem remains eutrophication, leading to turbid waters where sunlight cannot reach the many plants and animals that live in the channel. The weirs do have a positive effect on the water quality, although a small one and not barely enough to solve all the problems. It is important that the water board and provincial government continue their efforts to improve the water quality by making more measurements and new solutions. This is the end of my podcast about the water quality in the Dombergse Watergang. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast and thank you for listening.